I'm going with robots, but robots with feelings. Robots with feelings is your first trope. I love robots. Jinx from Space Camp. Oh, Jinx. He's round. He's adorable. He's got those little bug eyes. Jinx is my favorite 80s robot. Wow, that's in a lot. Because all he wants to do is help precocious 12-year-old Max get into space. That's right. And he's got a little Buddha belly. He's short. He's got those long, goofy hands. Very R2-D2. Yeah. By the way, R2-D2, how could you not say that that's your favorite from the 80s? Because I like Jinx more than R2-D2. Seriously? I'll stand by that. What? <laughs> is that the I can't do it that was actually pretty good uh, you hanging out in there R2? yeah I like that I really like that a lot I mean R2's got some adventure to him C-3PO's the first nervous robot I think we've ever seen right he's just you know manic oh my ho oh, oh, ho oh dear yeah why do you these these are you pull out these bangers of imitations man you're, you're on fire welcome to Buzz in the Tower a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, what was the most difficult part of buying your lovely home in Ann Arbor, Michigan? Getting 30 calls from my dad every day about like... <laughs> what? That doesn't sound like your dad. <laughs> the loan process. The loan process. So your realtor's job is to make sure that your house is the right house at the right price. But when it comes to your mortgage... That's when the rubber meets the road. Imagine getting your dream home on Elm Street. Low cost, white picket fence, neighborhood children are singing a beautiful nursery rhyme about some guy named Freddy. But then you Jesus. fall asleep during the mortgage process and boom, the slightest mistake, you could be butchered inside of a boiler room. So you want to make sure you're working not just with someone who knows what they're doing, but a true partner. And that's what you're going to get from Charlie and his team at Sonic Loans. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. Today's episode, we're chatting about 80s movie tropes. Max, what are some lawyer tropes that you've heard? How do you get lawyers to smile for a picture? How? You say fees. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's really good. Well, listen, this is exactly where Ian and his team at Bolton Legal Group separate themselves. They are there to support you aggressively, efficiently, settle your case faster than anyone else. Anything having to do with real estate, business law. If you're in the state of Michigan, if you're listening to us in India right now, Calcutta, I don't care where you are, <laughs> you go to Bolton Legal Group and they will take care of your issues because they are not a trope. They are not a, this isn't Dewey Cheatham and Howe. This is Bolton Legal Group, the best of the best in God we trust. Can I get an eagle eagle sound? Reach out to Bolton Legal Group for a free consultation, 248-595-0001. Tell them Buzz in the Tower sent you and they will take care of all of your legal needs. Today's episode, favorite 80s movie tropes. Damsel in Distress, Journey of the Reluctant Hero, One Last Job, Vengeance, Coming of Age, Saving the Planet from Destruction. There are no shortage of film tropes throughout all decades, but the 80s had something special. A cliche, a story, a trope that just felt like the manifestation of acid wash jeans, high C ecto cooler, and Ronald Reagan. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we list our favorite 80s movie tropes, cliches that appeared in abundance and worked each and every time. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Daniel LaRusso, Luke Skywalker, Frank Dukes, to my Mr. Miyagi, Yoda, Tanaka, Max Sanders. And with that, let's talk about 80s movie tropes. You are way more abusive to me than any of those teachers. Do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. That's good. Tanaka just... Well, I don't Yoda said the try thing. Yeah. There Tana- you go. Tanaka didn't say anything. He just he just beat people up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he blindfolded people and made them drink tea. Easy now. He Easy. did, right? Max? Yeah. Welcome to the show. Salutations. How are you, sir? I am a tired monkey. You are. Again, <laughs> I, I give everyone the heads up that you you look terrible. I'm amazed that you're even able to show up here. What, what about me looks terrible? My you, eyes? Your eyes are sunken. My girlfriend finds it attractive. She's I, like, he's been working. Well, you know I love Selena. Yeah. This is a strike against her. <laughs> you're making... I can't even look at you. It makes me so uncomfortable. But that's okay. I just look, I'm sorry. You look rough. At least you have an excuse. We went to, what, what time did you go to bed? What's your excuse? None. <laughs> Age, work, fatherhood. Yeah. Um, what time did you go to bed? 6.30. Oh, dear God. In the a.m. So that means we're going to get your best as usual, right? Yeah. That's great. Knocking it out. Oh, that replacement would just show up. So anyways, we are ready. This week is exciting because they're all exciting. I've got to find a better way to express my excitement. Uh, can we do like the word of the day do the peewee no, laugh you always ask me to do that uh what do you, you do love it ah! <laughs> and it's starting to sound like it it's starting to sound like godzilla from one crazy summer which you do which is like the same ah! thing yeah like bobcat gold yeah. max this week max god bless you you beautiful man you always try to trick me into going one step ahead let me slow slower down okay simmer for a minute follow us yep. like us at buzz in the tower leave us a review look i say this every week i'm gonna spice it up a little bit okay if you're listening to the show and you have not given us a review or left us stars or chose to actually subscribe, shame on you. I'll find you. I will show up at your front door <laughs> with, 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 with sunken eyed Sanders with me. <laughs> Dead or and we, alive, and then we will, you're writing a review. That's right. <laughs> and if you don't do it, there'll be repercussions. So you've been warned. Okay. That's a different approach. It's a different yeah. approach. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how many you're reviews trying to Stockholm syndrome or that's great. listener. Based. That's how I get you to show up to work on time. That's it's true. Perfect. There yeah. you go. And you're like, thank you so I'm much. May boy. I have another? Yeah. <laughs> And with that, let's jump right into, uh, we got we got some patrons. We got some co-pilots. Again, every week, 
I'm always legitimately honored to see these names pop up. That's pretty every, cool. It is really cool every week that someone is like, you're worth a cup of coffee <laughs> a month. And they throw us that three. And I'm like, I love it. And we do our best. We've sent out some really funny videos. We have some polls that we've taken. We're doing a live Zoom. We've done some great stuff. Our patrons love us. We've got a real special treat, something I ordered uh, against Max's will because he's kind of the penny pincher of the group. But I, I spent a little money. We're sending something to some of our Mavericks, maybe our Icemen. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, we've got a bunch of co-pilots that are waiting in the hangar. No, they're not waiting in the hangar. They're actually in the air and they're requesting <laughs> a flyby. So should we give them the flyby? Let's do it. Let's do it. Sorry, Goose, but it's time to buzz the tower. Max, our Patreons are writing checks that your body can't cash. I can cash them. Cash away. Yeah. You know, every week I'm going to have to come up with some quote from Top Gun and make it work. <laughs> I think, what did I do the previous week? I said, I feel the need, the need for Patreons. Yeah. This is going to be tough. I'm going to get down to some like Charlie quotes. Okay. From Top Gun. All right, fine. Max. Get some Sundance. Woo. Let's welcome our new friends. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. $3 a month, you can be a goose. $5 a month, Iceman. $10 a month, Maverick. It is the quickest, fastest, and most beautiful way to support Mo and Max and Buzz in the Tower. Every time you do it, an angel gets its wings. That's absolutely, I can prove that. I have <laughs> evidence of that, 100%. Speaking of getting wings, if you join as an Iceman or a Maverick, you're getting your wings. We'll talk about that uh, next episode. I might have Ominous. something to share you. There you go. A little foreshadowing, if you will. Max, welcome to our goose gaggle something or others. Our geese, our co-pilots at the goose level. Joe Fasang, Alex Plicta, Dylan Hunter Funding, a.k.a. B-Hunt. Welcome, you three beautiful gooses. Woo! Our Iceman, Luis Wattis, or Lewis, could be either. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis, Wattis, <laughs> Jillian Frederick, welcome as Iceman, and our Mavericks, Pete Gladstone and Johnny Monroe. As always, from Mo and Max, we say thank, thank you. you. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Uh, Saunders. Thanks. Good morning again. What? Thanks. God. Thanks. Ren, thank you for, uh, well, thank you. It's a beautiful group of people. It is. It's always. Heartwarming. Makes me feel good. I wanted to do a meetup with all of them. Uh, you would. Where would we go? Would we, we go could, to Goonies house? Well, right now, we're already showing up at everyone's house that chose not to review us. And uh, throw No, the, you know what we do? The RoboCop statue reveal. Oh, we all meet there. That would be great. Yeah. I know some people that would come in town. Brian Volkweiss would come into town for yeah, that for sure. absolutely. We're tight with him. He's yeah. good. How about Graham Elliott? He'd come in town for From that. Hawaii? Yeah. Is that how you say it? No. <laughs> it's not. There's no V. It's just Hawaii. Isn't like the people there say it differently? All right. right. Yeah. Max Sanders, let's talk about our episode today. Okay. <laughs> tropes oh tropey trope tropes a long time ago in a galaxy far far away i had just finished there used to be this thing in the city of ann arbor called art fair and still is still is and back in the day that was a grueling like three days of 20 hours of working and i crashed at your place during art fair do you remember this yeah, I know where you're. I know where you know you're going where with I'm it. going with this. <laughs> and this movie came on that I'd never seen before. Walking tall, walking tall. And, Great movie. And you and I watched this movie, and we had so much fun because having never even heard of the movie or seen the movie or seen what it was based on, it's because there's another Walking Tall that came it's like before a that. Yeah, yeah. 70s. Never seen either of them. I was able to tell you what was going to happen in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was because of 
tropes, yep. cliches, you know, like, oh, he's walking into the bar. It's one man versus six. This is where he warns them. I'll take it easy on you. Like there's His all knee injury is going to come oh, out. Oh, it's yeah, the best, yeah. right? It's the best. Callback. This is for me a small version of a bigger topic. So this came up because you and I were talking about how all films have tropes. If you look at the la- look at the Avengers, right? It's the Avengers is I want to retire, coming out of retirement, saving yeah. the world. You know the the science journey. experiment gone wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. You got it. So in the eighties, there were some tropes that not only felt really indigenous to the 80s but i don't think would work today you know although weekend at bernie's is not in and of itself a trope carrying around a dead guy i don't know that you could make that movie again they made two we should i <laughs> the reboot if we, if the reboot re- of yeah, weekend yeah. who yeah. would be in the reboot of work of weekend at bernie's uh miles teller i feel like would be a good john uh, would be a good uh andrew mccarthy and i want i want to know who you want for bernie bernie i, I got one i got Vin one Diesel. for bernie no way Zach Galifianakis. Oh, that's really would good. Make the yeah. best Bernie ever. <laughs> that's pretty good. Wouldn't it be great? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they just do Luke and Owen Wilson as. Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> is that your Luke Wilson? I don't know who that is. It could be a little bit of that. It could also be a little bit of my. All right, all right, all right. McConaughey is. McConaughey Bernie. could do it. Oh, he could do Bernie. Yeah. Because <laughs> he just chilled out. Can you imagine? Like all these mega millionaire actors just being like, you know what? Let's just do, let's get Seth MacFarlane. If Tom Cruise leaned into oh, being Bernie. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. <laughs> We're totally off topic, per usual. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. So we, the reason I'm even bringing this up is because we've been talking about tropes forever, but when you really start to peel the onion on the 80s. You like peeling onions. I love a good onion. I, I do. Lo- I like my eyes welling from it. Nice <laughs> Beef mutton, li- nice mutton <laughs> lettuce, tomato sandwich, Max. But the tropes in the 80s are some of the best ones. And some of the tropes that exist today had their origins in the 80s. Yep. And some of the ones in the 80s borrowed from the 70s. I don't even care. The bottom line is you and I each came up with five of our favorite tropes. Yep. We sent our list to an independent third party to make sure that we weren't overlapping. We're not. I have no idea what your list is. You have no idea what my list is. I suspect I know at least one or two on your list. I'm sure you know one or two on mine. You watch my TikToks. You know. I, I do watch. I do you and your TikToks. Follow at Buzz in the Tower. Without any further ado, do we just jump into this bad boy? There are really no rules. Like I just, I want to know what your trope is. Yeah. Give me a few movies Sight that movies. the trope is in yeah. and then maybe I could add some. Maybe I can refute some and I'll beat you up on your bad ideas and I'll praise you on your good ones. Okay. Would you like to start? I would. The, the golden key is yours. Do you have a golden ticket? Are we doing Charlie? Do you have a golden ticket? There's no Charlie in the chart uh, there's no charlie and charlie man oh man it's gonna be a long day max run home run home max <laughs> take your golden ticket and run home there's not one from the 80s i'm telling you flat out right now i am not cutting out any of the strokes I that, hate you have. that you do that i'm not doing it because i want everyone it's to see how tired me. you are yeah. and it's going to teach you to tighten up a little bit <laughs> so okay. just looking off into the distance while we're trying to record this podcast all right i'm going with robots but Robots with feelings. Oh, we're into it? I didn't even know we were jumping into your first topic. Robots with feelings is your first trope. I love robots. You do love a good robot. (laughs) Isn't it fun to say robot? It's so shocking you found a way to talk about short circuit. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Max. What do you got? Robots with feelings is your first trope. Let me first say, before you say a word, I'm kind of with you on it being an 80s thing because I feel like 90s and further out was much more focused on artificial intelligence. It's more dangerous and It's robots. more dangerous, whereas yeah. the 80s was a time for cute, fluffy robots. Yeah, it's like manufacturing finally came to like fruition. Like technology is blossoming, like very like gung-ho, but like 
technology high. Like, let's achieve our dreams. Let's have fun robots who are our buddies. Robots. Yeah. Isn't it fun to say robots? It is fun to say My robots. Tom says it like that. Max, who are your robots? Obviously, you got to start with Johnny Five. Of course. Short circuit. Input. <laughs> Input. The same prototype number five, struck by lightning, he becomes alive rather than being just a non-sentient killing machine. Sure. And there's just something so much fun about his curiosity. He wants to like learn everything about the world, his dancing. He insults people. Hey, laser lips, your mama was a snowblower. So as part of the trope, in my mind, is not just robots with feelings, but it's almost like the trope is... They the, care for humans? Not just care. Care that, for humans. It's it, The robots <laughs> teach humans to be human. Oh. You know, that's really the trope, isn't okay. it? Well, that switches some of my stuff. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Don't switch anything. Yeah. You stick with it. But in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking... My head, my mind's racing right now. Well, yeah. I gotta shut up. I, no, I'm, no. What do you think no, about no, no. that? Because I, I, I'm thinking of the same movies you're probably going to talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead. What else? What other movies fit your, your trope? Jinx from Space Camp. Oh, he's round. He's adorable. He's got those little bug eyes. Jinx is my favorite eighties robot. Wow. That's in a lot. I, cause who am I going to put it? Well, you'll well, probably wait, some. Cause all he wants to do is help precocious 12 year old Max get into space. That's right. And he's got a little Buddha belly. He's short. He's got those long goofy hands. Very R2D2. Yeah. By the way, R2D2. How could you not say that that's your favorite from the eighties? Because I like Jinx more than R2D2. Seriously? I'll stand by that. Wow. <laughs> is that the, I can't do it. That was actually pretty good. Uh, you hanging out in there. R2? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I really like that a lot. I mean, R2 has got some adventure to him. C3PO's the first nervous robot I think we've ever seen. Right. He's just, you know, man. Oh my, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh dear. Yeah. Why do you, these, these are, you pull out these bangers of imitations, man. If, you're, you're on fire. If I thought you were going to, I thought I was going to like tase you to get you awake now. <laughs> and of course, I, this should be your favorite. Sick, the sicko robot from Rocky, Rocky four. No, I do love happy birthday. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> you really, I would not count the sicko robot as a, as a human emotion one, Max, but that's fine. You were really doing well until you got to the sicko robot. Okay. Uh, Lance, Osimo. Yeah. <laughs> Lance Bishop from aliens. Oh, he's like the knife trick. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to be human. It's, it is a is robot. It, I'm not going to yeah. say it's a cyborg. You're right. There's yeah. no human. You're right. It's it's a robot. Roy Batty from Blade Runner. Playfully psychotic. Yep, yep, Tears yep, and yep. rain speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen things. <laughs> you know, I love, uh, God, I love Rutger Hauer. You love robots. Yeah. Uh, Max Flight of the Navigator. That's a great one. Yeah. Will Pee Wee Herman. I, I do it, do it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But that. he laughs at the, <laughs> he laughs like three fourths of the movie. You're like, oh my God, it's him. Yeah. And the one I can't believe you didn't think of, Optimus Prime. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're talking like emotion, I'd probably lean He's more. He's so noble. Bumblebee, maybe for the emotional piece. Starscream. Yeah, Star, Starscream. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Judd Nelson. Max. No, uh, what's it? Um, Omicron. No, oh, yeah. no, that's that's the COVID. Whatever yeah. is an Omicron. Yeah, I'm calling it Omicron. Unicron. <laughs> Unicron, not Omicron. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Max. Close. Unicron. But it's just not like Orson Welles eating a meatball sub <laughs> trying to record his voice for Star. For, it's great. It's great. And, uh, and lastly, Ice Pirates was kind of fun. Have you seen that one? I have. And it, I, I was waiting for you to bring up. You've been high on Ice Pirates for the last few weeks. Oh, I watched it. I was like, how did this movie get made? You texted me. Dude, yeah. You don't remember things. No. You're losing it. <laughs> Percy the robot. I'm with you. I, I don't think what I said really changes that much, right? Because I do think it's a combination of these emotional robots, but there's also a lot of these like flight of the navigator. It's something inhuman bringing out the humanity. Yeah. yeah but I, I love it. It's a good start. A good way to start the show, Max. I'm very happy. Got to dream it. a dream, man. Dream a dream. You yeah. say interesting. Interesting. Uh, that means it's my turn. I think, right? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to start with something You're right there. I am. I even considered not doing this because of what's going on currently in our political environment, but I, I can't stop it. Uh, it's just got to happen. Anti-Russian, anti-communist movies. Yeah. And there are quite a few a of them. a glorious one. It is. Um, I suspect we may see another batch of these coming out in the next few years, but that's not this <laughs> podcast's place to talk about. I it. think we're past that. I hope so. I mean, I remember, you know, there's a video game that's called Rush and Attack. 
not like Russian, but it's got like yeah, the yeah, apostrophe. The end, yeah. And it's a very cute way to basically be like a video game about murdering Russians. I mean, I didn't, as a child, I didn't think about it, but I'm Russian. That makes sense. <laughs> makes no sense. Everything I know, My last name should be Zorka. everything I know about Russians, like the toughness, the, like you're literally like the least Russian person. I I'm know. a potato. I think actually I'm Russian too. I don't know how much though. You ever done one of those DNA things? No. no. I have 23 and me or whatever yeah. it's called now. I, I don't want to know. You sound disgusted. I do. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I, I have my dog. I had my dog do one. I'm not going to do one now. <laughs> Back to Russia. All right, back to Russia. Uh, the United States in the 80s was going through a little thing called the Cold War. Yes, it was. And it cropped its head up a lot in the films that were made, along with television, along with video games and everything else. Some of my favorite movies, and we've talked about this before, when Sylvester Stallone ended the Cold War, but you've got Red Dawn yeah. <laughs> right out the gate. Wolverines. Right. I mean, that's it was uh, China and Mexico. It was Russia, Cuba, and Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It was all communist countries that were invading the United States. Yep. You've got war games. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's ones you don't think of. Yeah. And I'll get to one that you probably didn't think of either. Red Heat? No. Um, that's a great one though. Yeah. Um, Firefox, Clint Eastwood. I don't I've know if seen you've it. seen it. Yep. That's another one. Ramble three, obviously. Yep. Uh, Rocky four. Red Scorpion. I haven't seen it. That's oh, you need to read. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? You got to yeah. see that. You got to see that. Um, Top Gun. So in Top Gun, they don't, yeah, the speci- they don't specifically identify the country of origin, but they do just about everything they can in the logo and the design of the aircraft to make it think that it's like got to be from China. It's got to be a communist country. Are they speaking Russian though? I, think? I don't believe th- sometimes I conflate. Yeah. Yeah. Hot shots with Top Gun. <laughs> so like in Hot Shots, they're talking quite a bit. I don't. I don't remember so hearing any radio chatter in Top Gun. I'd have oh, to go back and check. Yeah, I'll go back and look. Uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, is Rocky Four the most troped movie out of all these? So Rocky. So God, I, this is. I've told you this. There's moments when we're podcasting. Yeah. Where I want to murder you. Yep. There's other moments where I realize why we're destined to be with each other. What is this one? You just know this is the. I, I, <laughs> That's the best. You don't know. That's how. That's how I keep you on your toes. Yeah. You don't know. This is a moment I love you. One of the things I'd like for us to do as we name our tropes yeah. is think about: Are there any movies that hit multiple tropes? Because I'm going to give you a few movies that, but I'm sure by the time you and I are done, yeah. that hit like three. So we're each doing five tropes. There's yep. ten total tropes. Who's I, the winner? I, I want to find a movie that hits as many of our ten as possible. I'm so telling you right now, it's Rocky that. Four. It's got it. Oh, be. you got it you, on yours. Maybe you don't know what the rest of mine are, so you have to see because okay. there's. Uh, there's some I know on my list that hit all five. I'm one. F- we're two for two right now. All right. All right. <laughs> so Rocky four, obviously, you know, like Rocky, yeah. Rocky. They're, I mean, they're cheering so emphatically right at the end. The, the best way. part of it is they're all Canadians. Like when they actually shot the <laughs> film, there's nobody from Russia. It was, I believe the stadium was in Canada and I think all the extras were Canadian. Love it. And spies like us, even the comedies oh, yeah. are all like, you know, and like, yes, they end up like, you know, bridging the gap, but like all of the bad guys, it's all, you know, taking place. It's all communism. Yeah. Vodka brings everyone together. You got it. So then that's from the movie, not Max's personal belief for those who are wondering. Yeah. Actually, that's also your personal belief. So there you go. My first selection for a trope is Anthony. Anti-Russian, anti-communist. I love films. it. I thought you would like it. Down with the Ruskies. There you go. Max, sliding her back to you. What do you got for your second favorite trope oh, from 80s movies? Oh, man. So <laughs> You're excited. Your eyes are lit up like Christmas trees. So the end of a movie is very important to me. Oh, you know I, mean? I already know. It's I, I literally, can I, can I guess? <laughs> I, I don't even need to guess. I will put 10 steak dinners that I know what's about to come out of your mouth. I'm taking a bet with you, but yes, pick it. What do you Freeze frame at the end of a movie. Absolutely. You love the end of movie freeze frame like no one else. Well, it's a definitive end. You're Dear like, God, there are so you? many. No, you love it. Yeah. Hit it. I want to give me the list. I bet you have like 20 movies don't on this list. Don't you love knowing that a movie is like over? You're like, yeah, we did it. 
it's that, and oh, it's no, like, like high five the guy next to me. Max, it's it's such a great. As much as I mock that you always bring up how much yeah. you love it, there is nothing as eighties as that damn freeze no. frame. Like it's, it's so eighties. It's usually a great song on it. It's like the exclamation point at the end of a movie. So let's start with one that you like, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, absolutely. Trust me, the eyebrow raise, yep. the Pointer Sisters comes absolutely. on. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, Johnny Five's coming up. Short Circuit Two. <laughs> when he goes, I feel alive. And he jumps up, yeah. right? Yeah, the jump <laughs> up. <laughs> Wait, was gold. that his graduation? I, no, citizenship. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold plated. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you got the John Candy classics. You got the Uncle Buck half wave smile. Yep. And planes, trains, and automobiles. John Candy kind of smiling while Steve Martin's hugging his wife. Yep. Although. I watched that one again. It's a little sadder than I remember. Yeah. He's kind of like emotional about it. I thought it was like The whole a, thing is, it's, uh, yeah, it's the best movie ever. Okay. <laughs> Johnny Hughes dominated the freeze frame. So Mr. Mom, the family on the stairs, yep. Keaton with his wife, like, what do we do now? Yep. Freeze frame. <laughs> There's seven people in our house. <laughs> How many more do you have on your list? Oh my God. Uh, keep on going. Keep on Ferris going. Ferris Bueller, bedroom, hands over the head. See, I'm not going to count Ferris Bueller and I'll tell you why. Because Rooney? Yep. You've okay. got the after credit, but I'm with you, but Fine. you do have the after credit. An officer and a gentleman absolutely. carry out absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Don't now because I chose to sing in our couples episode. Yeah. You will never mention that song without me doing that. Shout out Libby. Shout always out think Libby. Libby. Always yeah. thinking of Libby. Lucas. He's got oh, yeah. he's got the Jesus jersey, Christ. the hands up at the locker, the slow collapse. Freaking Lucas. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Sheen and Jeremy Piven are cheering, and Winona Ryder is swooning for him. Yeah. yeah. There's not more 80s movie than that. And I think that like started the slow clap. I don't think there was a slow clap before that. Did um Teen Wolf end in a freeze frame after they're all cheering in the stands and jumping up and down. I just can't remember. I don't remember. Pants. I remember the guy, the guy's <laughs> privates were exposed, but I don't remember. Johnson. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Easy money. He's eating pizza and gambling and he's yeah. like, oh, that's life. Uh, child's play at the end. And he's yep. looking back yeah. and <laughs> Chucky and he's like, what's going to happen? Uh, Rocky four. Like we said, we're three for of three course, now. Yeah, yeah. The color of money. I'm back. When Newman hits the ball again. Love that one. Newman. <laughs> <laughs> different new one. I know. Vision Quest, Loudon on the shoulders of his teammates. So I only have one question for you. Okay. And that is... Was there a movie that didn't have a freeze right, frame? Right. So, like, but is this, did it stop in the 90s? Like, do you feel yeah. like the 80s had significantly more freeze frames than... Yeah. The, okay. I, I think it died. Maybe one great 90s movie. Pulp Fiction oh, didn't Jesus. end that way. Shawshank yeah. didn't end that way. By the, God. All right. Wait. Go get back to your list. Yeah, yeah. See no evil, hear no evil. The ice cream unicorn heads on Pryor and Gene Wilder. Great one. Rocky three, the showdown. Yep. Ding, ding. Turns into a Norman Rockwell painting. Yep. Uh, running scared. They're smoking cigars. And are like, ah, that's life, baby. And the the ultimate, the creme de la creme of this, the breakfast club. Yes. That answers your question. The yeah, that's it's purely the, the breakfast air. club. Max, Don't you forget about lot. me. That's a yeah. Lot. That's a lot. Any that I missed or? No, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I can assure you there's more. It's a good pick. I knew the minute you said end of movie, I was like, oh my God, freeze frame for sure. Yeah. All right, lemons. You ready? Yep. All right. Uh... <laughs> I think that's the first time you call me lemons on air. So people should know that there's a reason behind this nickname. <laughs> Max and I, when we would bartend, sometimes we would just get delirious. We were so tired and things would be falling apart and it'd be a mess everywhere. And we'd look at each other and be like, hey, at least we got lemons because there'd be like a whole bucket of just cut lemons, like yeah. hundreds of them. And everybody would be ordering beer and we'd be out of beer and they'd be ordering food, we'd be out of food. And I'd be like, but we got lemons. So every once in a while we call each other lemons. Citrusy goodness. Oh man. All right, Max, um, you're going to love this one. Okay. This is definitely repeated in the 90s and more recently, okay. but I feel like the veracity and, and <laughs> that it was 
was done in the 80s. Yeah, it was incredible. The Body Swap. Ooh, love it. You got Vice Versa in 88, uh, where Marshalls, played by Judge Reinhold, and Charlie, played by Fred Savage, do a swap. You've got, like, Father... I bet some of these you haven't seen, and you need to, by the way. No, I need to see Vice Versa. I don't think you've seen any of these. I think you've only seen... On my list, I think you've only seen two of the ones that are on my list. I gotta get Body Swapping. I know. Uh, Like Father, Like Son. Have you ever heard of that? Have you seen it? It's another... So, the great thing is... And I considered doing this as a trope, except it's not just the 80s. The trope of movie A, movie B, right? Deep Impact, Armageddon. Yep. You know, like these movies that are basically the same movie and come out around the same Golden time. Golden Child, Big Trouble, Little China. Close. Yeah. That one's at least they're different. Yeah. There are some that are like blood brothers that yeah, come yeah. out the same time, but same concept, right? Uh, like Father, Like Son. I don't even think I mentioned this and vice versa. I know you haven't seen it, but there's like this vase that they both touch and that's how they swap. Oh, cool. And like Father, Like Son, the they drink like a brain swapping serum. Mm. It's Dudley Moore. <laughs> And you know this violates my rule on Kirk Cameron. Yeah. It terrifies me. But he's really good in this. But he, his eyes are dead to me and they terrify me. Growing Pains is awesome. I know. You got Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron who swap. 18 again. Not the Zac Efron one. I like that one. Yeah, I like that too. This one is with uh, Charlie Schlatter. Schlater. He was in, uh, he, well, he was in like one of the police academies, the more recent ones as a cadet. And he's been in a bunch of small stuff. But he played David Watson, the grandson of Jack Watson, played by George Burns. Oh, cool. It's great. George Burns is fantastic in this. They uh, basically, it's his de- it's his grandfather's 81st birthday. His grandson's 18. They get yeah. in a car accident and they swap because George Burns made a wish that oh, he cool. wanted to be 18 again. What about Dream a Little Dream? That's the next one on my list, Woo. which is, I love this movie. You hate this movie. Uh, you got it's Bo- laughable. Bobby Keller, played by Corey Feldman, swaps with Jason Ro- Roberts. Coleman. Coleman Ettinger. You got Coleman. it. Coleman. <laughs> had the most terrible nightmare. Uh, Big, which I know is not really a body swap movie. Swapping his own body. I know, but it's still kind of the concept, you know, so I threw it in there. Just Josh Baskin. There. All of me. Have you seen all of me? No. Oh, you'd love it. Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. Oh. So Steve Martin is this attorney and his client's Lily Tomlin, and she knows she's dying, so she hires this, like, you know, mystic to help move her soul into this woman's body, so it goes into this, like, bowl, but the bowl gets knocked over and falls <laughs> out the window and hits Steve Martin, and it's, like, body swap, but he's also still in control so it's mutual control of his body with like Lily Tomlin and him at the same time what about man with two brains yeah well so I, I think you could definitely count that I also child's play I think child's play fits into the body swap kind of yeah a little bit that's a stretch I gave you enough you're I gave cheating. you enough yeah there's probably more I haven't thought of but that's it's totally in 80s and most of the ones I listed you the first four vice versa like father like son 18 again and dream a little dream were all 87 88 and 89 yeah so they're very clustered it's very late 80s body swap thing oh also Star Trek 3 search yeah. for Spock. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. He's yeah. in uh, Doc's body. Yeah, but he, yes, I, I I have to count it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suck it. In the, in the third one, he goes like, you Klingon bastard killed my son. He says it over and over again, like four times. I just uh, watched it the other day. Good for you. Christopher Lloyd's not good in it. What? As a Klingon? I like Christopher Lloyd whenever he's in. No, he's just not good in it. It's weird. Shut your mouth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, Max. Uh, body swap. Moving to you. What do you got for your second one? This one was inspired by Family Third Guy. Third one. Third yeah. one, not second yep. one. Third yeah, one, yeah. I'm sorry. By, inspired by Family Guy? So Peter's sitting down in the theater, and he's like, oh, I love when they say the title of the movie in the movie. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and he's watching him. He's like, oh, that's why they said that. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> now, I that does happen in other movies, but yeah. I agree. Totally an 80s thing. So honorable mention of hilarious ones I wish existed. Risky Business. I thought it would have been fun. It's like, <laughs> man, you're getting into some I was going to say, business. like, it's the end of the movie, and he's like mowing his lawn, and he's yeah. like, and I never saw her again, but that night we were sure into some risky business. Yeah, exactly. Or Die Hard. They never say it. 
McLean. McLean. McLean's like, Holly, come here. We're getting in the getting in the limo and leaving because uh, nothing. I I, Hans died hard. <laughs> or Adventures in Babysitting. Man, that sure was a great Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> This is, this is terrible. But hold on, though. All, all joking aside, you're actually bringing up a really good point, which you're not meaning to because I know you're on autopilot right now, but you're bringing up a really good point. It actually is really hard to use the name in it and not be awful like you and I just did. So yeah. I, give, I give a lot of credit to when they do it. Give me your list. I know a couple I can think of right now, but give me your list. So a couple caveats. It's way more fun when it's a saying or expression rather than just someone's name. Right. Because if it's like Lucas in the movie's Lucas, it's right. like, it's boring. I have yeah. one that I hope you've added, but go yeah. ahead. Uh, I mean, above the law, obviously. <laughs> you guys think you're Nico, above the law? Well, you're not above the Nico to Scotty. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, my dinner with Andre while Shaw's taxi on the way over. You love that movie. You I guys. can't get, I did. Yeah. I couldn't get into it. Okay, I already fine. told you. I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. That answer your question. Sincerely. Sincerely the, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Oh, and another caveat. It's better when it's the movie's at least two thirds over by the time they say it for the first time. Okay, because it's like jarring. Like, oh, yeah, they said it. I yeah. you were waiting. You, yeah, yeah. I don't. You were me. waiting. Nobody what else is, was waiting. One of your favorites, Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucky Day. I'm Ned Nylander. I'm Dusty Bottom. Together we're the, the Three th- Amigos. Ha ha ha. <laughs> we are the Three Amigos, <laughs> and amigos forever will be. Exactly, Max. But all for each other and all for one. You're making direct eye contact. I'm sorry. I, I know you creep, creeped up. I love that movie. So I love this one the most. Okay. It's actually emotional about this one. Rain Man. I, that's a great, great so call. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman are traveling cross country. Brothers. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman's on the spectrum. Yep. They haven't seen each other in like 20 years. They're in the bathroom and Charlie, Tom Cruise, is realizing that he would call Raymond Rain Man when he was younger because he couldn't say it because he did yeah. his teeth. Well, that's how like life. grandma and grandpa get their nicknames because yeah, little like kids. Yeah, like Pop Pop or yeah, Mom, yeah, yeah. Like Gizmo, you know. Like. <laughs> God, Max, you almost made it through a whole serious thought without going Gizmo. Yeah, uh, good old, is that your grandpa? Yeah, we call him Gizmo because J- little Junior couldn't say grandpa, but he could say Gizmo. It's a Parks and Rec quote. Oh, it is? Yeah. I didn't even know yeah. that. That's great. But uh, he was trying to say Raymond and he would say Rain Man and he shows Charlie the picture. And there's just this emotional connection that they were brothers before. Right. That Raymond can remember everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, and also when he says bye bye, Rain Man, when he's leaving because he almost burned Charlie in the ba- in the bathwater, you know, mm-hmm. hot water burn mm-hmm. baby. I don't know. It's just, I know this is weird. We're no, no you got all serious. That's yeah. great. Thanks. It was just, yeah. Can I, can I get, can I get you back into my frame? Yeah. Tango and cash. Now the next one. Cash and tango. Yeah, there you go. That's really good. <laughs> and uh, big. I wish I were big. Yeah. That's really good. That's back, good. back to the future when he meets. We're going back. To the future. Dang, you spoiled it for I'm me. sorry. How can yeah. I not say that when you tee it up? He meets past Doc, and they've realized that the bowl of lighting will strike the clock tower precisely 10.04 p.m. next yes, Saturday. precisely. And then he, like, points at the audience and says, back to the future. It's, it's really great, it's great, isn't it? It's yeah. great. It's great. Beetlejuice, because it's just funny. Uh, I, you can't you can't count that one. <laughs> so, one I was kind of blown away by, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Wayne Zielinski. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, of course he says that during the movie. He says a variation of it. Really? Yeah, when his wife is like, where are the kids? And he's, like, has wearing the weird headlamp with all the kind of strings around it yeah, yeah. and he's like what are you trying to tell me you did it you you made the uh, shrink machine and it's like did the kids know yeah they know it's like that's great no it's not why why i shrunk the kids he doesn't uh, say honey yeah. yeah you think they would say honey uh, 
Yeah. You're trailing. Okay. You're trailing. Get back to the ones they actually do. Black Rain. Uh, Douglas is talking to the Yakuza boss. He talks about Hiroshima and he's like, the city was gone and they brought Black Rain. And he's like all intimidating and all. It's like, you made the Black Rain. You shoved your values down our throats. And you're like, man, I was not expecting that. I mean, when you watch that movie, you're like, why is it called Black Rain? No, I, I yeah. got you. And then you're like, okay, cool. That the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> the go- do they say it? Yeah, they say the Goonies. Yeah. Blue Velvet is one of the strangest sayings I've ever seen. Dennis Hopper being strange. Yeah. 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 And thrashing. <laughs> <laughs> little Josh Brolin skating. Did they say rad and rad? No. All right. Well, maybe so. they do. All right. Rad! Well, Max, you, you, it's a good pick. I was all over the map. On that you one. are all over the map on that <laughs> one, but that's okay. Max solid for your third one. Are you ready for my third? Hit me. All right. Martial arts training that shows up in the final fight. <laughs> oh, like a move or something like a move, a moment. And it's like very clearly referenced and brought back to that moment. So oh. I, I'll give you the best the best example, unquestionably, is the crane kick. Absolutely. Like, there's just the Karate Kid crane kick. He's doing all this training. You know, and there's other elements of what he's learned. You know, the wash the car, wax the floor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But there are these there are these moments, and it's always found in martial arts films. And I, I'll tell you what almost made my list. I almost wanted to do martial arts backstories and- Ice cream cones? I almost wanted to do martial arts origin stories and martial arts dojos. Dojos were very big. Like everybody had a dojo in in the eighties. And then the origin story was flashbacks to before they get to the tournament they're in the situation they're in. But I went with the one that I picked because my favorite martial arts movies, there's always an earlier scene or an earlier montage where a type of training takes place. And then it comes back in that final fight. So let me give you my examples. Crane kick. We talked about, I'll go just all through the karate kid movies because one through three cover a lot of them. So karate kid one, you have the, crane kick yep. karate kid two you have the drum bothers me so much i know He's i know flailing around i know but then he gets on the island and the guy is coming on the rope with all the lanterns and he yep. jumps down there and he's got a saver and the crowd goes wild with their little drum things and i hate it he uses his drum technique it bothers me so much karate kid three which i gotta tell you something you brought this up when we were talking about terry, Cobra Kai. terry is a sociopath in three he is out of control unbelievable i forgot he's how like he's so sinister depositor. he is so sinister <laughs> Minister. It's yeah. incredible. He's in the Scarface hot tub. I, there's so many different things he does that are like in, the in, gecko phone. It's incredible to me, right? Wake up and smell the coffee, LaRusso. <laughs> yeah. This is who you're fighting this time. Remember, he's giving him crap about the crane kick. He's like, no crane kick is going to save you this time. And he's like, well, I love LaRusso is the most wormy brat. He he's is. Like, it worked before. Yeah. And, and Terry's just like, wake up and smell the coffee. <laughs> A man can't breathe if he can't see or all these crazy <laughs> sayings, you know? <laughs> Shatter his shit. Break his knees. Shoot him. Shoot him in the ring. Man can't fight if he's dead, LaRusso. Kill him. Sweep the leg while he's dead. That's who we should have on the show. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I, I mean, he scares me. He's, he's not, very he's not the person. He's not a good... In, the, in, in real life, he's could, probably wonderful. Back up. Could we have Anthony Hopkins on the show, or would you not be no, able to do it? I would absolutely not be able to have Anthony Hopkins on the show. <laughs> he seems like a really funny guy. Yeah, because... I, I No, there's no way. I would, Interesting. So there you are see a, people as are movie characters. No, not just that. I would fan so hard. There's a handful of people that if they came on the show, I would have to take a sedative before they came on the show. Anthony Hopkins is on Keanu the Reeves. Keanu Reeves, I would not be able to handle. Yeah. I would be like, hey, my name's Mo. Uh, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. You, there'd be a restraining order against me after it. It'd be terrible. Yep. Uh, all right. So in so we talked about the drum yep. thing. And two, in three, it's the uh, Miyagi family kata. 
So you know what kata is? Yeah. I, yeah. I did a little research. Japanese word meaning form. Yeah. So it's a type of preparation where you're going through the motions of fighting I and took the technique. I took oh, you did? I took Weichiru for 10 years. I didn't know That's that. That's the kind of karate that uh, Miyagi uses. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I. Uh, th- it's interesting you've taken that because you show no signs of anyone who's had formal training. No. I won a championship once. Did you? I had a big trophy. Did you? Yeah. Did your parents buy the trophy and hire stunt people to come in and just take falls? Maybe. <laughs> Best birthday ever. <laughs> I can't believe the Tai Chi. Jesus, man. That's Tai Chi. Wait, she ruined Whatever it is. doesn't matter. Each knee, san, chi, go, rook. All right. That's Japanese for one through five. Great. Good work, Max. Keep going. So you're the best around. So we got one through three. Then let me get to best of the best. So best of the best. I'm I'm stretching a little bit, but I'll tell you why. When he popped his shoulder. No, that's not something (laughs) earlier. So do you remember? So you have all these different fighters, right? You got Travis Brickley played by Chris Penn. We love him. He's wild in this. (laughs) Eric Roberts is playing Alex Grady. um, And then a couple other guys. But more importantly, there's a guy, Philip Ree who plays Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee's your favorite guy. He's the one who watched his brother get murdered and dropped his ice cream. So now he has ice cream flashbacks (laughs) all the time. So in the cream flashback syndrome, right? By the way, technically I think best of the best would fit into my communist propaganda one, even though they kind of make up. Is it North Korea? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Is it North or South Korea? It's the bad one. (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. It's North Korea. North is the bad. North is more widely considered (laughs) as the not good one. It's just your scope of knowledge. (laughs) Politics is incredible. So anyways, Reagan smash. It's Tommy Lee that I want to talk about. So at the at, at towards the end, they're still in training. They have this uh very rocky four punch the pad, measure your strength. And yep. it's got like the little wave graph. And he kicks it one time. And James Earl Jones is like, You're holding back. Yeah. You know, like gets all upset. And then he does his like as hard a kick as he can and knocks out the guy on his team who's oh, holding yeah. the pad. So at the end of the movie, he's about to do that roundhouse kill the dude kick. Yep. So I, that's why I treat this as technically a training to flashback moment, although it's not a traditional one. Yeah, yeah it right. works. So you'll let it slide. Every time you say Tommy Lee, I think the drummer Motley Crue, and it starts making me laugh. That's <laughs> great. Uh, all right. More obvious ones. Kickboxer, right? And kickboxer, he's learning like the ancient Van skills. Damme, yeah. yeah, Van Damme's learning like the, the skills of the ancient warriors. And Coconuts like, on the ass. There's like a there's like a hawk involved or an eagle or something. So he gets into the final fight, and his brother is being like held up by because his brother was paralyzed in this fight. Yep. And they're all cheering Naksukao, which means white warrior. Which <laughs> if cheered in the wrong place would not be an appropriate <laughs> thing to say. So he flashes back and he sees the hawk. It's very like you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it makes the caca sound, but there's a hawk. Uh, the most obvious one. The best one, in my opinion, Bloodsport, right? The guy takes the pill out and blinds him. Yep. And he does that. <laughs> and then he calms down and flashes back to his training where he's being serving tea blind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fighting blind. Yeah. So that's a total flashback. He's doing his taxes blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doing his podcast blind. And then, Max, there's a movie. If you've seen this movie, I'm going to give you a steak dinner Ooh. on me. Okay. Have you seen No Retreat, No Surrender? No. Max, what is it? It is. It is. It might be the worst movie ever made. It's, <laughs> it's not. That's. I shouldn't say that. The quality. I, no, I have to say it. It might be the worst movie ever. It's worse than Howard the Duck. Jesus Christ. What is this movie? It's, let me just tell you what it's about. Yeah. It's about this kid whose father runs a dojo. And his father gets beat up by these like like Brad Wesley constituents of Got people it. that are trying to like overtake these dojos. Sure. And one of the thugs that's with this guy is Jean-Claude Van Damme, who has no speaking lines. Oh, my God. He just is in the background. Like, yeah. And eventually he is the guy who fights at the end. Cool. He's the bad guy yeah. in this movie. That what I just told you is not even the most ridiculous part. So his dad gets the crap kicked out of him 
and gives up on karate, but his son still wants to learn karate. And his son is obsessed with Bruce Lee, like loves Bruce Lee. So he moves to this new town, meets a girl, gets beat up by the local kids, some other, some other tropes that probably will come up in our show. And he just, he needs help. He needs help. So he's obsessed with Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's ghost comes back and trains him to prepare to like defend himself. Sounds awesome. So one in the training montage that he does, there's this one thing where his foot is like up in the air, held on by a rope. And the, and do you remember the video game Street Fighter? Of course. What was the army Sonic guy's Boom. name? Yeah. Guile. Guy, Guile? Yeah. Yeah, right. So remember Guile's one move where he would do like a kick backflip? Yeah. That was this move. Cool. So then in, Van Damme played him in the movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. What, a, what a movie. That was Kylie Minogue <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that as, as the other one. Oh, my yeah. God, that movie. No, do you know what? Do you know who Chung Lee was? Is it the girl from the Mandalorian? Yeah, 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 yeah. The book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. that's wild, yeah. right? All right, sorry. So, anyways, that move at the end when he's fighting Jean Claude Van Damme. But listen, aside from this episode, I need you to watch that movie because yeah, you're going to be like, this is hot, 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 stinking garbage. Yeah. This is trash panda delight at its greatest, my friend. <laughs> I have a weekly family movie, and it's my pick this week. Should I make it? <laughs> yes, please, make everybody? <laughs> please, God, make this the family movie and report back next week on yeah, the yeah, podcast how, how well it went over. <laughs> yeah, it'll go good. off like a fart in church. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, all right. So I, I'm sure there's other movies I just haven't thought of right now. Not martial arts, but you could talk about Rocky three, the, you know, Southpaw versus right handed fighting. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, does that, you know, at the end, you nailed them. All right. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Max, we've both done three. Why don't we take a quick break and give our sponsors some love. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. Max, I'm super excited because later today, we are going to have someone from Dolby Real Estate. Mark is going to come in. He's going to be our guest spotlight. That's a little spoiler alert. Who got Yeah, you like that? Uh, you can find them at wearedobe.com and picking the right realtor is step one in picking the right home. When you are checking all the boxes, experience, marketing, a good solid team, I think the most important box to check is partnership. The team, the culture, the work ethic, they are there to make sure that you are either getting the best price for your house or that you're paying the right price for your new house. Check out Dolby's social media content. They're constantly giving away some of the best traits and secrets out there so that you're better prepared for this wacky, wacky time that we're in right now as far as the... Is it wacky? Yes, absolutely. Right now, supply is low, demand is high. It is a great time to sell. I know those words. If you have, if you have the right real estate agent, make sure you tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to have the best team on your side. 400 million in sales in 2021, a thousand homes sold. They are the best anywhere. You go after them, they'll take care of you. All right, Mr. Sanders, what do you got? We're back to back to the show, down to our final two. What is your fourth pick? What's more 80s than mullets? What's more 80s than mullets? Not much. Not much. So mullets? Mullets for male heroes, heartthrobs, and bullies. Heroes, heartthrobs, and bullies. You went with hair. Yeah. Over the top hair. I mean, it is just so quintessential 80s. And it's never like a secondary character that's got a nice mullet going. Now, for those of you that don't know, a mullet is kind of business in front, party in the back. Yeah. It let it flow. Yeah. I never knew it was a type of stout fish. That's like where <laughs> that's where it came from. Your web browser is yeah. <laughs> incredible. It was invented by a French fashion guru, Henri Mollet, in the early 70s. <laughs> this, is, this is not true. I can't I'm, I'm serious. This. This is was mainly worn in French underground dance scenes. But it's just glorious. It's hair. This it's, is, it's, it's, you it's, held on to this as your second to last one. Yeah. And you think this is a power one. It's so rebellious. You can't help but love or hate it. You have to have an opinion on mullets. And it's why it's always the hero or the villain. It's, okay. It's never the second. Think about any sidekick. So your trope, I want to make sure I understand this. Your trope is... 
both heroes and villains. Yeah. So basically, we're going to say main character hair. Yep. Got to be the main character, big flowing hair. It's like the lion's mane. It's like the signifier. And you don't think that this is just a, you can't find examples of big flowing hair in other characters. You think Not it's, really, because it would take away from the okay. main, main right, character. You know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, give yeah. me your examples. You could turn me on this. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some room. Give okay. me, give me your examples. The first is the God King of this Mel Gibson and lethal weapon. He does have great hair. Oh my God. Weapon. And it shows like that. He's off his rocker a little bit. You know, he's a little rebellious. You're not sure if he's going to eat a bullet by the time the movie ends, sure. but he's also got this kind of like kick butt mentality. He's, sure. a, he's a lethal weapon. <laughs> the, by the way, I looked at the movie. Did they, could they call I don't know if weapon? they say it is a lethal weapon. I thought they did. I they might. It. Yeah. They might. Yeah. Uh, you got Rob Lowe and St. Elmo's Fire. He's just okay. got glorious hair. Yeah. And he's just, he's a mess. It goes well with the saxophone. Yeah. I he's agree. terrible. Is he kind of a villain in the movie? Billy Hicks. Um, He's mean to his wife. He doesn't. Yeah. I, so movies like that that do yeah. like life evolution stories. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's like if Flip from uh, from uh, Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Like, is he a bad guy? Yes. Yeah. But like, he's not the Degrees. bad guy. Yeah. Cancer's the bad guy. Yeah. In that movie. <laughs> Kurt Russell and Tango and Cash. Sure. That absolutely. thing is mean. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Tango and Cash. Sly and Rambo 3. I don't know what that hair is. It's but a lot, it's, of, it's, it's a lot of hair. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland as David in uh, Lost Boys. Yes. That's like really? an iconic, yeah. like the hyper blonde. I don't think anyone's done that better. Uh, Roddy Piper and They Live. Yeah. Looking ridiculous. Charlie Sheen, Major League. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is a mullet. I mean, I keep on forgetting. It's it's on the sides. He cuts it, but like it's, yeah. he's got the mullet. And then you have the rare, both hero and villain, rocking the mullet, Jason Mellon and Chaz from Back to School. Jason Mellon and Chaz. <laughs> what Billy Zabka had a great mullet. I know. I great know. flow. He should bring it back. Oh, dear God. I, I mean, I just miss my hair. <laughs> so a couple I wasn't sure about. Doug Masters and Iron Eagle. There's a little too much flow on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Too much I don't know if I would consider that a mullet. It's weird. Al's hair a mullet. No. Okay. Would you give Dalton? Oh my God. I forgot Swayze. Yeah, the king of mullets. Like, Sorry. How did you not? I, it was on my list. Okay. I just got excited. I was yeah. kind of weird because it's like <laughs> the best one. So you're very uncomfortable about this topic. It's not that much. No, I'm not uncomfortable about it. Yeah. It's just, it's. You had so many bangers. In this. Yeah. I feel like sometimes what you don't do on the show is you just vomit everything on paper and you don't strategically move the pieces of the chess table around, you know? Why would I do that? Yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm playing checkers. There, you're always playing checkers. <laughs> King me. I'm playing I'm playing <laughs> Battleship. You're playing Go. C6. Yeah. You ever play like, Go? It's complicated. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. For smart people, don't worry yeah, about okay, it. Okay, good. I won't play it then. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Is Bowie's Goblin King a mullet? Yes. Or? Okay, cool. Is it a wig though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wig mullet. Yeah. And Johnny Depp on Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, Max, you've done, you've, done, you've done a nice job today. I'm not going to pound you too bad on this one. That was for me. It was good. That was something for you. Yeah. My last two are my best two. Oh. So that's part of why I'm like, you, you got to learn to, you, it's the well, crescendo. I put, like, vibes at the end of relationships. <laughs> We've gotten letters about vibes. I like hiding my surprise stupid ones. Well, this is your surprise stupid one. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, Max. Yeah. This is my, unquestionably one of my favorites they're all my favorites but i love this one the angry police chief Ooh. <laughs> now look this is followed all movies all the time right in fact the last action hero actually borrows an angry police chief the actual actor from the 80s and that's who he is the guy from uh batteries not included oh no way that he was well we'll get to it but like he was an angry police chief yeah so let me give you my examples Sergeant. Let's start off with Inspector Todd, Beverly Hills Cop. That's the first one. You make, he's a real one, right? You, Axel, you make my blank itch. I mean, like, yeah. it's, there's great quotes. Well, he's a real cop. He is a real cop. Uh, and 
eventually ran for and became the police chief yeah. in Detroit, Gilbert R. Hill. And then Ronnie Cox is Bogomil is no different, right? He's, Interesting. He's, I mean, in the second one, he's not this way, but in the first one, he's very much the, you know, Taggart, get over here. And, you know, made him fill out that report for punching Foley. And yeah. for, he turned though. So in this, you don't well, have to be too. You have the other guys. Right. Yeah. And is he the, he's the police chief. Yeah, right? he is, he's the yeah. chief. You don't have to be the salty jerk the whole time. So a lot of these, the angry police chief, they have the moment where they turn. But they start off like also a trope, although I would put it under this umbrella, is give me your shield and your weapon. Oh, like uh, that is such we, a we trope. We wanted to do an episode on that. I've, the best Imagine ones. Your gun. Oh, that would have been great. Uh, Captain Sears from uh, Cobra, along with uh, Detective Monty. <laughs> Both of them are, <laughs> That's to be fair, I'm not sure they were out of line telling Cobra to chill out. Yeah. Um, but eventually, like they have all these meetings. I also love that in Cobra, there's action and then they're back in that conference yep. room and they're yeah, like yeah. going over it and Cobra's just in the it's corner like murdered four people and they're like they're trying to figure out he's like look I told you it's a it's a war there's multiple people finally they like get let him go they're like shake him down do what you do best this is Sears so he does that comes back they're still mad at him but that's again that like you know we don't trust you we don't believe you be a prick direct supervisor absolutely captain arm brewster from action jackson i was about to say bill duke you yeah. gotta say it which is the best yep and he i love him because he is just bill duke like and he's all nice got the suit he's all classy looking yeah and he, he warned you now oh, he warned jackson many times uh lethal weapon ed murphy i know in the movies that follow after it at one of the movies is it three where he gets taken hostage mm. yeah and then uh renee zellweger i almost said renee zellweger russo. instead of russo helps like save him but in the first two you know, there's a lot of talk of like, you know, you know, give me your badge type business going on in Lethal Weapon. FX, Brian Dennehy. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Because yeah. basically they lose the dad from um, <laughs> from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Sipowitz. Is it Sipowitz? Not yeah. Sipowitz. No, I know. Briscoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they lose Lenny, Lenny Briscoe. Why can't they give us the actor's name? Yeah. Anyways, that's the big bust that they had. They lose him. So he's furious. He threatens people internally. They make him go on suspension. That's another one, too. If you're not turning in your badge yeah, you're and you're not turning your gun to, or take a vacation. I love like you got like in, in uh, Beverly Hills one. They're yeah. like, you got some vacation time. Go take it. You know, sudden impact. Dirty Harry. Ooh, that's a good. One. And then don't forget to license to kill when Bond basically turns in his license to kill. That's oh, yeah. the whole episode. The whole <laughs> that one is about his license to kill being your license to kill has been revoked. 007. <laughs> yeah. Diplomatic, I mean, no, different movie, different movie. So yeah, that's my pick for my second to last one: angry police chief enjoy or captain. Yeah, it's not, it's not a mullet, but I think it got us. You're badging your go. gun. What if there's a police chief with a mullet? What if I was like, give me your computer and your microphone? <laughs> Buy another one. Yeah, you would. It's really not. Would really impact you that much. <laughs> All right, Max, we're down to our final one. I'm very excited to hear you've got a lot of ground to make up after your mullet one. So yeah. you, my last one is by far and away the best, the best of the best. I love all mine, but this one. It's something I can't do, so I'm always envious of this stuff. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Obligatory dance scene in a non-dance movie. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like that. You cannot dance. You're absolutely right. No. Can no. you? Well, I can move. Yeah. I, I danced move. at your wedding. You did. Yeah. I danced at my wedding. People liked me at your that wedding. Might have, people were shocked at yeah. how well you behaved at my wedding. <laughs> yeah. Cox messed up. Yeah, he did. Cox did not do so well. Police were called. <laughs> Everybody assumed if the police were going to be called, it would be because of you, not because of Cox. Nope. But uh, speaking of non-police things, dancing. Dancing. <laughs> so first one off the top of my head, how I was inspired by this, Pretty in Pink, Ducky. Ducky. Otis Redding, try a little tenderness. Yeah. How he slides in in his gold jacket and he's going hard. Oh, like, yeah. He's, he's like, committed. Committed. Yeah. And Andy and Iona are just standing there shocked. Yep. And he's doing like the like against the wall stuff. And it's a great song, too. It's just like it's the only reason I think you love Ducky during the whole movie. Like yeah. you, you don't really root for Ducky. Very I root much. for Ducky. He's pushy. 
He's a little pushy. A little bit. Yeah. But he can dance. You're, yes. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. But like that scene made you like, okay, he's cool. He's want to put himself out there. Can't buy me love. The African Annie dirt ritual Absolutely. dance. Absolutely. <laughs> Ronald Miller. Ronnie. Good he's, old Ronnie. He's got his hair slicked back. He wants to dance. You know, it's so funny because going back and watching that movie, it's so unbelievably campy yeah everything from like the suede jacket to like a thousand dollars like i would like to think even when i was in high school and which was roughly the same time a thousand bucks was like a lot of money but it wouldn't be like sell myself to date someone kind well, of money she, she got her dress ruined from her mom remember she needed to fix yeah, it i understand yeah That's what I'm, I'm saying would you make that kind of couldn't, couldn't you just go make a thousand dollars like go get a job and make a grand back then wasn't minimum wage like three bucks back then is when i was that age but was it three bucks yeah it was three bucks so how are you gonna work that you're 40 gonna work hours a week 120 that's All right, moving it along. Ten, that's 10 weeks. 10 weeks? She's got to realize that. All right, fine. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Coming to America, uh, Princess Imani Easy, the drum heavy, kind of the huge headdresses. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a spectacle of it all. So I don't know if I would count that. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's you're a, right. It's, it's a non dance. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Now, this one might not count, but I had to say it. <laughs> Teen Witch. Oh, for sure. The B-boy top that. Did. Top that. Top that. Absolutely. Oh, my God. How would this not count? This is like the most non. Okay, good. Like, this is the perfect. It doesn't make sense to be in the movie dancing. Yeah. Well, Louise. How about I want to be the most popular <laughs> girl? That whole dance scene, too. You yeah. could pick two from that movie. And also Dream a Little Dream. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising. Where Feldman how, does. How dare you throw that movie in there? <laughs> like you Michael like Michael Jackson it. moves in an empty bleachers. Empty bleachers. Dream a little dream. <laughs> empty bleachers always works. Like 10 things I hate about you. Footloose. Footloose. Oh yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. Oh, you do. <laughs> and big chill college friends. So how doesn't, why wouldn't Footloose fit into this category? Cause it's a dance movie. It's not a dance movie. It's a movie about having a dance, but it's not like Greece where there's like ongoing dancing going on. There's so like a ton of dancing. And can I tell you why I think it's, you, it's the unexpectedness. No, of but the, so when he is angry and he goes into the mill and he's like anger dancing and throws his beer and starts doing gymnastics, you think that's like a reasonable part of the script yes. and not an out of normal dance worthy scene. Fine. Yeah. I would count footloose. <laughs> the big chill college friends coming back for one of their friends funerals. Teen Wolf. Do the, the wolf dance at their oh, high yeah. school dance. That's good. And also, I mean. Remember, be, they have the little synthesis. I forgot about that till just now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he's wearing the uh, staying alive. Yes. Thing. Yeah, that's a good one. And they didn't have the money to get staying alive, so they yeah. put some like bunk version of it. It's like. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> and Beetlejuice, the Deo. Oh, the, the Deo. Yeah. Harry yeah, Belafonte. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that scene is just so much fun. Well, and additionally, more Harry Belafonte at the end of the movie when they do jump in the line. Yeah. Remember? With the uh, dead ghost uh, football, football players. players. Yeah. That, Tim Capello was supposed to be one of them. Yeah. Remember in our episode with him, uh, we found out that he auditioned for the role of one of the football players and passed up on it. Totally true. Yes. That is fact. That's fact. So the last two of my bangers, The Breakfast Club. Yes. <laughs> Emilio Estevez doing like the Henry Rollins power slam. Yeah, that was very strange. But they go into that Carla DeVito's We're Not Alone. Right. Which I guess Molly Ringwald was supposed to do by herself dancing. Mm -hmm. And she felt insecure. So everyone else started dancing with her mm -hmm. and they filmed it. And it was great. And also Ali's full body seizure at the end. I just mm -hmm. love that. She's like the best dancer out of all of them. Mm -hmm. Or they're doing like joint dances where they're having like the hands up and down. And finally, risky business. <laughs> That's how I dance. When they're dancing on the train? No. Isn't that dancing? That's... <laughs> Some kind of horizontal dancing. Coming in the air tonight. <laughs> Old time rock and roll by Bob Seger. Oh Lord. <laughs> he just changes the speakers. He's in his underwear. And I love the like the full body seizure of it all. Yeah. That's how I would dance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Candlestick microphone, socks. You know, I mean trampolines out of screen to jump in on. <laughs> you remember that, right? 
Was there when he did that? He had they had trampolines on either side of the shot, and that's how he was like jumping into the screen, and he almost hurt himself. Oh, neat! We talked about this. Well, like, I know he did hundred episodes ago. He didn't use socks on most of the first ones, mm-hmm. and they were like he kept sliding too much. Yeah, yeah. and then they're like, I oh, like it. That was okay. a strong ending. Strong yeah. way to end. Anything else? Um, short circuit is a dancing scene. <laughs> that's a dancing scene for yeah. sure. Yeah, and anything for you? Any random dancing scenes? None that I can think of, but I'm sure one will come to head if I can. Come to head. <laughs> Come to a head. Come to my head. So does Ferris Bueller count? Oh, for sure. 100%, okay, cool. Hundred percent. Because that's the flow. Counts. That's yeah. like the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. Twist Dark and shout. The twist and shout part's the best part. Darling. Yes, for sure. That looks like the most fun. If I could be on one movie scene ever, that might be it. Uh, mine would be Conan the Barbarian. So going back to Crush Your Enemies, see them uh, okay. before you hear the lamentation of the women. Max, I am now ready for my final one, and this one is I'm I'm saying it. This is my favorite. It's the best. You'll love it. Spread it on me like jelly on toast. I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, but I'm just going to say stealing the alphas girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) This is such an 80s trope, stealing the alphas girlfriend. All of these nerds, weakling, not cool kid people come in. They just moved into town or they just started high school and they want you to feel sympathy for them, but they bring a lot of this on themselves because they're always trying to do what, Max? Steal the Alpha's (laughs) girlfriend. Let me go through my list. Daniel LaRusso moves from New Jersey (laughs) to Reseda, wants to have a normal life. And what does he do his first night there? He goes after Johnny Lawrence's girlfriend, Allie. They're broken up though, right? It doesn't matter. (laughs) There is not enough of a grace period. The breakup just happened. How's he supposed to know that? It doesn't matter. The whole point is goes after the Alpha's girlfriend. Just one of the guys, Rick Morehouse. Falls in love with Deborah, who is Greg Tolan's girlfriend. Greg Tolan, again, Billy Zabka is like the victim of at least three of my examples yep. of going after the Alpha's girlfriend. So much so that Greg Tolan was left having to lift up lunch tables, spill food on people, and say, shush! <laughs> Although, I think I've screwed this up before. Is shush from Encino Man? And I keep on thinking that it's from just one of the guys. It doesn't feel right in just one it of is, the guys. It is. It's from Encino Man. It's what the guy... Remember when Brendan Fraser like imitates him and goes, shush! Yeah, yeah. I screw this up all the time. God, my brain. Uh, how about Revenge of the Nerds? Louis Skullnick. Poor me. Poor me. I'm a nerd. <laughs> goes after the alpha beta alpha guy <laughs> and goes after Stan Gable's girlfriend, Betty Childs, and takes illegally procured pictures of her and puts them on plates and sells them. Yep. This is like very Tommy Lee, Pam Anderson kind of stuff. Uh, so again, no sympathy for him. How about weird science? We got a twofer. We got Gary and we got Wyatt going after Deb and Hilly who were dating Max and Ian. Ian played by Robert Downey Jr. Of course. You've got the Goonies. Didn't think of that one, did you, Max? No. Brant is going after Andy, who's dating Troy. Yep. Troy was furious about this. Yeah. Andy, <laughs> you goonie. <laughs> you like that, don't you? Don't forget thrashing. I'm not done, sir. Do you have, do you have thrashing? No, but I'm not yeah. done. I should have thrashing. And rad. Yeah. I should have rad too. Yep. Yeah. And tough turf. All right, fine. You got those. Let me do mine. Uh, Teen Wolf, Scott Howard's into Pamela, who's dating Mick McAllister, the bad dragon basketball the player. 28 year old. Yeah, he's definitely at least 30. He's 28. Uh, Footloose. Ren is dating Ariel, who's dating Chuck Cranston. Yep. I mean, that was a bold move for just being <laughs> new in town. You've got Dream a Little Dream. Bobby Keller, Corey Feldman, is into Lainey Diamond, who is dating Joel, a complete psychopath who tries to kill him with guns at the end of this movie. <laughs> You've also got some kind of wonderful. Keith Nelson, Eric Stoltz, is into Amanda Jones, Leah Thompson, who's dating Hardy Jens. And that's why your Hardy Jens got so mad about yeah. all this. So I give you all these examples. Is there a better 80s trope? Can you think of one with more examples than this? No. 
Yeah. Coming to America, Dale Jenks. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Oh my God. There's a lot. Yeah. This is really good. I knew you'd love this yeah, one. Yeah, this is really good. So there you go. Yeah. Love. How many did you have in there? Like 20? No. I had eight. You threw in another three. <laughs> I bet you there's a bunch I haven't even thought about too. Yeah, there are. How about Troutman and Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> a love story for the ages. Yeah. Brian Denny is like, we're going to kill him. He's like, that's my guy. Don't take my guy. <laughs> I created him. God didn't make Rambo. I did. Happy Valentine's Day. How about baby. Murphy and uh, Ed 209? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's that time, Max. Max. Not on Keith David. No. Uh, Max, give me your five tropes. Hit me. Uh, ex- nope. That's not one. <laughs> <laughs> so we got robots with feelings. Got to have those machines smiling and hugging. We got to have freeze framing. I love a good ending to a movie. You know, when it ends in that freeze clip. We got the use of the title in a movie. Like if we were saying buzzing the tower so today list. we yeah. were buzzing the tower hey, there it is there it is and we got mullets in heroes and heartthrobs and bullies Ooh. that's most least favorite yes 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 uh obligatory dance scene in a non-dance movie i like that one a lot yeah i've got cold war movies body swap foreshadowing martial arts training martial arts training that shows up at the end of the movie angry police chiefs and stealing the alpha's girl and that's a wrap and that means it is time for us to go to our buzz in the tower fan spotlight today's buzz in the tower fan spotlight is ryan lavender you can find him at Real Lavender, R-E-A-L-L-A-V-E-N-D-E-R. Ryan is one of these guys connected with us, found the show. Max is constantly communicating with him. I got to give some love to Libby, who I feel like we are literally giving a shout out to every episode. (laughs) But Libby is, and, and this is to all of our fans, all of our fan base is created through word of mouth and referral. So like Libby told her friend, Ryan, you got to check out these guys up in the tower. That's how we found Ryan. So please do the Libby. Make sure that you're pushing people our way. Uh, Ryan's got a killer sense of humor. I'm very excited to see what he's got for his favorite tropes from 80s movies. So let's see what he had to say. Hey, Buzz in the Tower. This is Real Lavender. It's an honor to be in the fan spotlight. There are so many options to choose from for favorite 80s trope. I mean, if a movie from the 80s didn't have a montage, was it really an 80s movie? But I had to go with Enemies Becoming Friends. There are many levels of this trope. You've got professional rivalries like Tango and Cash who become friends, or at least friendlier, when their lives are on the line. The romantic versions with the likes of When Harry Met Sally, where they start off not being able to stand one another, but then become completely entwined in each other's lives. But my two favorite examples both come to us from 1985, Enemy Mine and Rocky IV. Of course, Rocky IV pits Rocky against Ivan Drago, but to a larger extent, the entire USSR, which follows another trend in enemies becoming friends. The enemy is from somewhere else. Because how would we know they were evil if they didn't have an accent? If Hans Gruber didn't have an accent, would we know he was bad? Well, yeah, because he shot Takagi in the face and tried to steal millions in bearer bonds. But anyway, in the end, the Soviet crowd watches Rocky stand up against the bigger, stronger Drago, and the boos change to cheers for the plucky, concussed American. During the fight, we see a lot of changing in the way they feel about him, and in the way he feels about them. In there, there were two guys killing each other, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if he can change, and they can change, everybody can change. On the galactic scale of enemies becoming friends, we have Enemy Mine. 
Dennis, start the reactor, Quaid, is light years from Earth, facing off against an alien played by Lou Gossett Jr. They crash on a harsh planet and have to learn to live with one another to survive. Quaid starts this one off with just a delusional level of hatred. But not only do they eventually become friends, but they go to the extreme of incorporating yet another trope as we wind up with the tough guy taking care of a child when Quaid becomes an adoptive parent to an alien baby. It is a great piece of sci-fi that somehow came out of a production that went off the rails from the word go. But that's an entire episode on its own. Max Dennis, start the reactor Quaid might be the, literally the funniest thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. I love Total Recall so much. And for those of you that didn't get the reference, you got to go watch Total Recall when he's like, Quaid, start the reactor. <laughs> so small story, when my good friend Guy for his bachelor party, we all went to Cabo and I designed a t-shirt. I think actually a boss may have helped. I don't remember. I think a, a boss helped. And we did a t-shirt that said, Quado and Cabo and it had Quado from uh, Total Recall in the front and then on the back it had like a pictures of all the people that were coming. You're burying the lead. He used Rocky Four. I know. I know. Full but circle, bro. I, but I still had to talk about it. Come on. Did you? Yeah, I did. The Quado, the Quado Quaid comment, nobody would have picked up. You didn't even pick up on it. You had no idea. You're like, oh, is it from uh, I'm focused Inner on the, Space? I'm focused on the, on the 80s. 80s. I know. All right, sorry. Ryan's picks were great. I love the, you know, tough guy taking care of the baby. Enemy of mine is underrated. It is. And also, by the way, it's quite relevant today with the Mandalorian Grogu. Oh, yeah. uh, set up is the same thing. And then the other one, which is the enemies becoming friends and what better example out there is there? I mean, you got 48 hours also Ooh, uh, with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy trading places. Well, absolutely. But the best example is for sure. The, the turn of the crowd, right? They're so happy for Rocky. Oh, it's the best, the best of the best. And they freeze frame at the end. They do. So Ryan, thank you for the killer spotlight. We appreciate it very much. And Max, that takes us to the end of the show. A very merry thank you to everyone out there. Reminders, do the Libby. That's our new thing. Do Doing a Libby. Tell people about our show. Get more fans for us. The more fans we have, the more powerful we become. Some sometimes the creepy. power. No, it's great. The power. I won't show up at your house. The threats will go away. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Spider Man, Spider Man, doing the things a spider can. What's the closest thing the '80s had to Spider Man? Is it Richard Pryor in uh, Spider Man? The toy? No. The closest thing the '80s had to Spider Man. I think there's a cartoon. Well, in Missing in Action, uh, Miss, Chuck, Chuck not missing in action. Chuck Norris is watching Spider Man. He kicks over the TV. I remember. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just relax, baby. It's all good, baby. <laughs> it's all good, baby. It's all good, baby. Sure, um, baby, I know it. So we at Buzz in the Tower on social, like, subscribe, follow, review, patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. Max, let's think, do we have any Buzz in the Tower tropes? I can make it. That's a good one. What else do we yes, have? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, show it's Tubby Susie. <laughs> She's so sweet. A lot of predator. <laughs> <laughs> what other, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you do. I do a lot of, there yeah. he goes. I go, yeah. Yeah, Falcor, yeah. Uh, Max, great episode. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.